0: It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today, the return of Clark Smith from Winesmith Wines. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good to see you. Yeah, we're, we're in for a rough one tonight. California Wine Country. All right, Dan Berger, we always open with a wine from his spectacular wine cellar. This may be the hit of the year. <laughs> From your wine cellar. Uh, look at the color on this. It's,
1: it's as Brilliant. Still, as Clark brilliant.
0: pointed out, I mean, it's it's green, and it's a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. From 11
1: and a half years ago. A 2010 Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> let, me, let me taste. And a half. And a half. <laughs> it's spectacular. It's delicious yeah. wine. <laughs> 11
0: years later.
2: This is Mohua. Well, but my point is there is... There was no point in aging this wine. It tastes exactly <laughs> the way it did with it was That
1: doesn't stop Dan.
0: <laughs> that doesn't stop Dan. Dan Lay It Down Burger.
1: <laughs> well, this was an, an unintentional lay it down. I, I lost this bottle, so help me. It just, but it's delicious. It's I incredible. Know. It's amazing. Hairy. It yeah, shows you what a screw cap can
3: do. The flavor is, is, is unique. Uh, of the Sauvignon Blancs that I've sampled
1: over the last few months, this is absolutely
3: spectacular.
1: Well, this is why New Zealand is the world champion of making varietal Sauvignon Blanc. And and it's really inexpensive. This was around $10 when it came out on the market. So wow, this is pretty astounding stuff. Now,
0: Clark, you mentioned the screw cap. Yeah. yeah. Did that do anything to it after 11 years in his cellar? Well, it basically... Wherever he lost it. it, As long
2: as you have a a, a liner that doesn't pass oxygen, you basically have a hermetic seal there. Mm -hmm. And so wines under screw cap age a lot longer. Now, that may mean that they don't taste as good early on because they're all all zipped up. But, uh, you know, screw caps are really, really good for aging.
0: Damn, that's amazing. Delicious. All right, wine. everybody, uh, keep your hands off that wine. I'm taking that home. You
3: know, <laughs> put, put the screw cap back on. Yes, yeah. well, let it, let it air a, a bit. There but. it is.
0: Oh, oh Kathy's having Kathy, some. Kathy, you mm-hmm. can have some. Kathy! <laughs> Damn. Let's start with Clark Smith, Winesmith Wines. Explain to everyone all about Winesmith.
2: Oh, well, uh, if you go on our website, you'll see a drop-down menu for forgeries and another one for oddities. So that, I specialize in forgeries and oddities. And by, by, by forgeries, I mean that I do a European style. So I do a Cabernet Franc that's a, a Saint-Emilion style. And I do a Saint-Laurent. It's like an Austrian one and that kind of thing. And then I also make oddball stuff like... Uh, sulfite-free wines. I make Norton, which is a Native American grape. Norton! San Laurent <laughs> and Timo Sang, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And so we're an experimental winery, and uh, I have about 120 wineries that I coach.
0: Yeah. I
2: wrote this book called Postmodern Winemaking, and, right, and we right. work from those principles.
0: Dan, talk about Winesmith right. and what Clark does.
1: Well, Clark has uh, pushed every envelope known to humans. And uh, what's uh, really interesting about his wines is that there's nothing expected. It's unexpected. And the reason is that he likes to explore every possible avenue, and that includes every varietal, every region. <clears throat> some, some of the wines he, uh, he makes are coming from grapes that are grown elsewhere. that you, They're not necessarily around here. But what I like about them is they're distinctive, and that's the most important aspect of fine wine is distinctiveness, and that to me that's the more important issue than quality. Quality is in the eye of the beholder, but distinctiveness is what you see and what you imagine and feel about a wine, and those are the qualities that make what most of uh, Clark's wines are all about. You, you've got. I a, love
0: this idea, and I love WineSmith and what you do, Clark. I'm telling you. Go ahead, Dan.
1: Well, take a look at this p- sparkling that you just... Uh, or you! It's not even open yet. I to open it. What do you say? Once not you pull a cork on it? It's from, it's from a grape variety that nobody in his right mind would make into a sparkling wine. <laughs> What's the variety? Well, Randall Graham does it, but I guess that, that <laughs> kind of proves your point. <laughs> so, Clark, tell us about this wine. Well, uh... This is
2: one of the three selections for the Slow Wine Guide, and I really want to talk to you about their approach to, uh, to making wines from living soil and sustainability and all that, as opposed to the natural wine movement, which we both hate. Right. Uh, and there was an article uh, featured in, in Today's Wine Business Monthly by a guy who I really like and I judge with, and he's a good writer named uh, Randy Caparoso. And he is so off base. <laughs> <laughs> he missed he the point. Is really full of baloney about this, and I'd like to, to to talk about why that's so. But but I really admire the slow wine guides approach to this. They don't require organic certification, which I also think is a shell game, and and they just they, w- they want good wine that speaks of place. And Randy is saying that the so-called natural wines. There's only one definition for natural wine, by the way, and it's whatever this crazy woman in New York named Alice Firing says it is. That's what natural wine is. There's no other definition. And I think it's largely a synonym for incompetence. <laughs>
1: That, uh, you I know, love this guy. He, He's he's not putting any spin on this. <laughs> okay, I mean, and there are
2: and and there are some people who designate themselves as natural winemakers, and and they're great. You know, they, there are there are some very very good wines, but there's also a lot of crap, and and it's not you know spoilage is not what we mean by sense of place.
1: I totally agree. When I read that <laughs> article, I mean,
2: when a wine is unique, you know, it, it has. Well, like a personality. It's kind of like, well, you really ought to date my sister. She's got a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but anyway, I think the slow wine guy, they won't take a wine that's not sound. S-
1: slow wine came about as a result of a McDonald's going up. The slow food movement. Was slow food movement. And this is a spinoff. And right? this spinoff was the slow wine movement. This uh, came about as a result of a McDonald's opening in Rome. <laughs> so our McDonald's? Our McDonald's, opening in Rome. Yeah. And this guy decided, we don't need any more fast food. We're going to do slow food. And so that's what happened with the slow food movement. And it's, it's still going, and it's, gonna, it's 30 years later. And so this sparkling wine is a, an example. Now, look at the color of this. Look at the color. See? It's golden. It's, it's golden. Yeah. It's this, golden. Is, this is from Red Grenache. Red Grenache fruit. What we call a this Blanc de wine. Noir. Gary
0: Heck. Corbel was in the studio with yeah. us yesterday on the Vintner's Vibe. I love
2: the Corbel sparkling wine. Me too. They are really good. I we started with the Chardonnay. They would. The Chardonnay. only reason that they they get dissed is that they keep hanging on to the name Champagne, and it's really a bozo no no. Uh, well, no, but
0: it, it, we talked about that with Gary, oh, and, good. and and he has they every bottle has California California Champagne. It has
1: by law it has to say California. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Right, but everybody else just calls it sparkling wine. Right. And, and I think they don't get as, taken as seriously, even though they're commonly winning the sweepstakes. Uh-huh. And their wines are cheap. They're so anyway, inexpensive, let me... expensive, Clark. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, eight or nine bucks you can find some of these things. That's in inexpensive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't want to call it cheap. But well,
2: okay, fine. But, anyway, well, uh, you, this is great. Well, let me talk about champagne. Yeah. I think champagne is the worst wine in the world, and you have to hand it to them. I'm not a big fan. I mean, it's thin and sour and bland, <laughs> and so they, they brilliantly came up. You know what made champagne famous was in uh, uh, Louis Fourteenth, The Sun King. Uh, they figured out they could put tons of sugar in this wine. The, the sec, the dry wine... 6% sugar, that's twice as much as Sutter Home White Zinfandel. And that's the dry wine. Now, that's a good idea. When you have thin, sour, bland wine, what you want to do is put a ton of sugar in it. And this is back before we had the technology to make sweet wine.
0: Now, this to me is thin, sour, and whatever you, else you said. Well, I, there's no
2: sugar here. And that's because California grapes have character. So this has a, 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 an aroma. Uh, there's some strawberries from the Grenache. There's some honeydew melon you from the... You don't need the, to add
0: any sugar. You're it's right? called
2: Brut Zero. And, oh. and the acidity is low enough that... We don't have to balance it with sugar, and that gives it a long, long finish that you never get, even in the most expensive. No, this champagne. finish
0: is long as hell. It's yeah. still.
2: You I, can't I took do a sip that. Dom Perignon, you know, it's
1: still
2: it's, there. Dom has got a percent and a half of sugar and all this acid, and it's a great <laughs> wine. But you put it in your mouth and you try to swallow it, and it kind <coughs> <because> of goes. <laughs> because what about this one?
0: This was a gift to me today. Well, well there's like another great example. That's a fabulous producer. Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, I, I think they're the best.
1: Yeah.
0: John Kelly brought this to me today. Uh
1: huh. How do you pronounce that?
0: Rotorer? Rotorer,
1: yeah. huh. That's the best sparkling made in California on a consistent basis and from yeah. the volume that they're producing. There are. Especially others, the Aaron Iron Toss. Horse. Iron Horse does a fabulous job and mm-hmm. Jay does a good job. There's plenty of them. Gloria but Ferrer does a good Gloria job. Gloria Ferrer's. But Rotorer. Rotorer is the most consistent of the high quality producers. Yeah. And then Thank their, you,
2: John Kelly. Their top is the Hermitage.
1: And that that Lermitage is to die for. It Especially
2: is, the rosé. Yeah,
1: the, the, the pink one is But killer. anyway, this is
2: something we can do in California is make brute Zero wines that have this long finish and have all this flavor that's not from yeast. It's from the grapes. What a concept. Yeah, which, which <laughs> is perfect. And champagne can't do that because their grapes don't have any flavor. Well, why
1: did you pick Grenache to make this?
2: Well, I was really... I'm, I'm a great admirer of, of uh, the Santa Cruz Mountains and of Randall Graham, and I got my hands on a Santa Cruz Mountain <laughs> Grenache vineyard, the Bates Ranch, which is very famous for Cabernet. And I, I brought the red, too, from the, from the 18. We'll taste that a little later because, you know, tomorrow is International Grenache Day. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't know. They just <laughs> sound like a good idea. At the time I, I thought tomorrow was <laughs> International Harry Duke Day. No. I believe all our guests tomorrow
3: will be discussing Grenache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I wonder how this uh, champagne will go with my uh, thank you Philly cheesesteaks. Pretty well, worth a try. pretty well, pretty sure, well because it does not.
1: have a little white wine tannin in it, which will help the the And the
2: and the other thing is, it's got what we call minerality. There is a there's not an acid in the finish, but there's this energy, and that comes from the Santa Cruz Mountains. That's a that's a taste of place, um, and I would never call this a natural wine. Uh, uh, I mean, the truth is that all wine is natural, and also all wine is highly manipulated i mean method champenoise is a is a lot of manipulation right and no wine is as manipulated as any beer, and nobody ever gives brewers any, any, any uh, uh, <laughs> guff guff <laughs> about I like that manipulation word. Good so anyway word. Good uh, word i i I think Randy is off base that that the so-called natural wines have Terroir, which is to say flavors of place, that uh, the other wines don't have. And and the reason he thinks that is, you know, I've judged alongside of Randy for many years, and all the competitions give you the Pinot Noirs, and they don't never tell you where they're from. And then here come the Cabernets, and here come the Chardonnays. At Appalachian America, which Dan and I were both involved in, we would taste... Okay, let's do Petit Syrah. Let's put all of the ones from Russian River over here, and you'll find they all smell like cherries. And then the ones from Livermore here, and they all smell like lemons. And the ones from Paso Robles over here, and they all smell like Tootsie Roll, like like cocoa and orange peel. And, and those are very distinctive flavors of place. But if you just jumble them all together, then... You're tasting for the varietal and varietal correctness, whatever that is, instead of what the wines are actually expressing.
1: He just doesn't know how to look. And all the all the great wine competitions in Australia are structured around place. The Australians really believe that place matters, and they structure their competitions around that notion. And we're trying to do that with our competition, which is coming up in December. Yeah. And we'll do it again. And and, and a lot of people will say, that's artificial. No, 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 no. It's artificial when you just throw them together in the same pot.
2: So how's he supposed to know what a specific place tastes like if you don't tell him where the wine is from? I think I've got three wines here that are that are quite distinctive of place. I'll hold the, the red Grenache off till the end.
3: Most wineries take great pride in the location and the uniqueness of the grapes, That's and so I would think that would be important in a judgment.
1: Certainly not only important, but also helpful to the consumer in, one very important respect. If you're looking for a Pinot Noir, you say, what's a good Pinot Noir? I need to know what style of Pinot Noir, sort of Pinot Noir you're looking for. Right. Because every uh, Pinot Noir from Santa Barbara is going to be a whole different thing than from the one from Rishon River and the one from Carneros yeah. is going to be different. So All of those things do play into this. Don't say, give me a good Pinot Noir. Tell me something more about what you're looking for.
0: It's uh, whoisclarksmith.com. It's California wine country. Dan Berger, of course, Harry Duke, and Clark Smith is our guest from Winesmith Wines. I'm telling you, go to winesmithwines.com. I want to talk about, okay, on the website, forgeries. What does that mean? Well,
2: I don't like the so-called California New World style. I don't like... uh, uh, let's take Netflix, okay? You, you got. I, I, I get the three discs. One of them's a Disney comedy to you make still you smile. You discs
0: from <laughs> Netflix? I can't believe that's still happening. You know, did you know? know they make computers now? <laughs> yeah, but
2: you can't stream most of the stuff I want to watch. So anyway, here I am, and you guys have all played this game. What do you get? Well, you get something to make you laugh, right? A screwball Disney comedy. And then you get... Uh, an action-adventure, you know, Bruce Willis kicking butt. And uh, and then maybe you get, a, you know, dramas and foreign films which you never really want to watch. But when you do get around to it, those are the good ones, right? So wines are like that, too. Most California wines are either to make you smile, so the you know, like Sarum White Zinfandel, you know, they're sweet, or they have too much oak and all that uh sugar in the red wines and uh, I, and i just think it's horrible uh and and then the action adventure wines with lots of alcohol and you know dry tannins is kind of slappy around i don't, I don't like those wines either i like the wines I, I make dramas and foreign films i make wines to show you something you've never seen before and and wines that speak of place and are, and that's really the <coughs> European idea Wines that are balanced and age a long time. And so I, you know, I was educated in France, and I, I you know, I make wines from I make, you know, northern Burgundian Pinot Noir styles, and I make
1: uh, I'm kind of known for Cabernet Franc and the Saint Emilion mode, and so forth. Um, Clark, this wine that we're just trying now, the Tempranillo, this is a classic example of what you do. Because this is not a, your typical New World Tempranillo. No, this it's is a Rioja. A, this is a Rioja style. Yeah, that's right. And gorgeous. Gorgeous wine.
2: Well, this is made by, is grown by a Spaniard whose name is Ibo Tejada, and he's a gentle and intense farmer, doesn't have any interest in organic certification, but he never uses any chemicals. He doesn't irrigate, and he just... So you heads. get his
0: grapes and make this wine.
2: Yeah, and I got to tell you, you can you can if you go to that vineyard, which is right up um, when you're coming from Ukiah on 20, and you go through the Blue Lakes there. That's where it is in a little mountain glen, and the meadow smells in that vineyard, which is very alive. He has living soil there, uh, are in this wine. Well, so the
0: nose on this wine is unbelievable. It's
1: really alive, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's bright, and you don't usually use the word bright to refer to a red. But in this case, it's bright. It's, fr- it's fresh and, vi- and vibrant. And then, you know, the
2: mouth is very graceful. The tannins are round, and the finish is real long. It doesn't have very much alcohol, and you'll get that minerality in the finish, the energy that's in
0: the palate. Is, it's, it's delicious. The secret, to Clark-, Clark. Clark, please stay on your mic and turn Dan's mic down a bit because he's he's a loud mouth. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: the secret. To, one of the secrets to this wine is the thirteen point zero alcohol, which is really tremendous because it gives you the sense of uh, personality that you want. It's going to make this wine go with food.
0: Yeah, that's it's, low alcohol. Yeah, and it doesn't. Slap you in the face. I, I agree. Whatever loudmouth was bit saying, more
2: alcohol <laughs> than everybody used to do when I got in in the seventies. You know, twelve five was more normal, and that's what's normal in Europe. Yeah. So an- anyway, I think this is a really good sort of uh, rebuttal to oh, what Randy man. was talking about. That you know, I d- I wouldn't pass this off as a natural wine, but I think it delivers everything he was talking about: a sense of place with something that has grace and harmony and will age well
3: i i was going to use the term soft and smooth to describe it very soft nice smooth but very, very drinkable not in a boring not at all not yeah. at all
1: I, I think your softness is the low ten because the acid in here is really adequate if not even more than adequate to work with food it, to me this is As soon as I took one sip of this, I thought to myself, "What am I going to serve this with?"
2: Well, I think this one is really good with uh, ratatouille. With you know, just when we go up there, he's he's got the chorizo and the jambon, and then you know, all stuff he grows there—melons and and tomatoes—and it it goes.
0: It's very versatile. Is this too mellow for a good steak, or would it be perfect?
2: Well, I don't think so. it, it, it does have some body and some grip. Um, well, let me think about this. Probably a pork chop would I'm be would be better, or yeah, like a stew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Thank you, Kathy. Clark Smith is with us from WineSmith Wines. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's this red here?
1: Oh, this red is going to be.
0: Well, this is this
2: is another selection from the Slow Wine Guide. Okay. And it's grown up in Northern Humboldt. Uh, the Pierce family, and they uh, again, you know, all organic, uh, living soil, and, and and this is a sulfite-free wine. That's uh, actually a 2014. So I actually age a wine without preservatives. I may six be missing six years sulfites in, in this. old barrels. I may
0: I, I may want sulfites. Yeah, this <laughs> is a little wimpy for me,
1: but it's t- it's tasty.
2: Do you think so? Jeez, I, I think it's a big. Its wine. nose
1: is very strong. He's using an extra heavy bottle, which indicates (laughs) something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my nose is very strong too, Harry. But I don't know. I
2: think uh, I I make a a, a Napa Cabernet called Crucible. That's two hundred seventy-five dollars. This is sixty, and I think it almost delivers the same level of profundity
0: as that uh, much more expensive wine. Second taste
2: from cheap real estate.
0: Second taste, I like it more, Harry. Mr. I'm still on the first. Red wine?
2: I'm still
3: processing, Steve. Okay. Now, this one
2: you can certainly have with a stick. Yeah,
3: yeah. I this can see will go that,
0: with, yeah. This
1: will go with the darkest of uh, end cuts.
0: Very good. And a 14?
1: Yeah, it's a 14. Can you believe that? It's already yeah. seven seven years old.
2: Wow. No, no sulfites, no preservatives, six years in old French oak. It's not oaky Huge amount of
1: aromatics. Yeah, I well, see.
3: That's what I was referring to. It was like yeah. y- y- having taken it and and then had some of it. It's like that that no that aroma didn't leave.
2: It's there with each sip. It takes a while to taste this wine.
3: Yeah, it's that's
1: what, what I, I was thinking too. Sort of rustic in a certain way, but then it's got the beautiful flesh. It's got the richness. Yeah,
0: oh, Yeah, I think these are some of the best grapes in the state. Wow, really, and I. I like it more now after three sips. Than it grows I, on you. Than I did. It does.
2: This is, like I said, dramas and foreign films. It's like you Harriet. It grows on it. you. You start out with a
0: chase scene.
2: <laughs>
0: you need to go to winesmithwines.com, people, and check this out. Clark I, Smith I, I, is with I, us.
2: You know, a lot of people are trying to, in California winemakers, trying to make wines that knock your socks off. You know, where the first sip you go, wow, that's amazing. No, no usually it usually doesn't happen with my wines, but you're sorry that it's gone. That's what I want. To yeah, okay.
0: Well put. And, you know, getting that first, wow! Uh, yeah. I prefer yeah, I, make I prefer this I stuff. Make, I make, hmm, wines. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that better. How do people listening, besides, well, they can go to winesmithwines.com, but how do they get these wines? That's, That's how they do it. You know, like 99% of the wineries
2: in the United States, we have no presence in retail. Mm -hmm. It's just very rare. Uh, That's mostly dominated. If you can find it on the shelf, it's probably a million-case winery. But, you know, 11,000, those are 64 wineries that put the wines on the shelf. It's just like Capitol Records. It's 1,000 bands that work for Capitol records and they dominate the am dial right and then you got two million you know barbershop quartets and church choirs and garage bands and that's the real that's the
0: real music business clark i gotta tell you you mentioned that you're still getting cds from netflix and <laughs> and you're talking about uh top 40 hits on am radio now we
2: never listened to it a, uh, ksro on am
0: 1350 has been here for 84 years but i think you're a little tad behind the times there Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true
2: <laughs> plug my book
3: but oh, before
0: before, ba- before hey, I- no wait a minute let him plug the book I'm, okay then, plug the book
3: well, I was going to ask, it may not be in retail stores, but are there any restaurants that have it on the list?
2: Uh, now and again, okay. we managed to get it on a, on a wine list. Uh, La Bodega is one of my favorite restaurants down in Sebastopol, and they carry my Norton and my Saint Laurent.
1: Clark, you've got a new book. You want to talk a little bit about This is a book. Steve, you're going to love this. It's a book all about how mm-hmm. wine tastes better when you're playing the right music with it.
0: Didn't we discuss we that last time? Last yeah, I did a demo a little
2: while back. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: now the book is finished and ready to be released. Oh, yeah. cool.
2: It's called. It's going to be an e-book, Practical Guide to Pairing Wine and Music on Amazon and everywhere else for nine ninety nine. Talk about what's in the book, I mean, with more specificity. This is really an amazing effect. I think you have to start from understanding that wine is liquid music. That cognitively, we process wine the same way we process music. And there are happy wines and sad wines and I love this wines guy. And, you know, I mean, let's take an example. I think it's easy to understand. If you're drinking Cabernet Sauvignon, don't play a polka.
0: <laughs> you know? It's just not a cheerful wine. I only play a polka when I'm t- t- uh, tasting uh, Drano. Yeah, yeah. Well, Polka it, just a personal Pol- thing. Polka <laughs> is actually
2: quite good with Sutter Home Infidel and you know silly wines like that. But but for Cabernet Sauvignon, you need the doors. You need. People are strange or when the music's over or you need you need Beethoven's fifth, you know the <laughs> opening, you know, da 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 da, you know <laughs> angry dark music and it makes the wine sweet and round and full of fruit and depth Now with Cabernet Franc, which is kind of my specialty. That's I think we did that last time. As yeah, as, as I showed you uh, Bruce Springsteen's Jungle Land with uh it likes cabernet franc likes rock and roll <laughs> so, and uh yeah so the book tells you exactly how to do that we have some outrageous claims right up front one of them is that we will teach you how to get more enjoyment out of every wine you drink for the rest of your life <laughs> don't you love this guy uh, harry yeah. i mean he, it is. Works. he is the best
0: well, he may be the greatest just human him in, him. in sonoma county <laughs> the most interesting we get
1: lunch once a week because I can't believe him <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to see it for myself again and again
0: California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn with Dan Berger Clark Smith from Winesmith Wines is with us if you're too cheap to come up with the 10 bucks for
2: the book just go to pairingwineandmusic.com and it, it, you know the book teaches you how to build a playlist for your evening uh of wines that work and how how to how to tell if they're working, but if you if you don't want to go through that, you just go to pairingwineandmusic.com and then uh, all the you know just click on Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay. It'll tell there's you what buttery Chardonnay. will tell you
0: what music to listen and, to. And
2: there's a there's we've already set up Spotify playlists that you can download for free to the phone and then just just turn it on and have your dinner with your guests and have a good time
0: with the music that's brilliant now the book itself is it out and available right now no it'll still be another couple of weeks okay You are one of the most amazing humans we've ever had (laughs) had on this show in 14 years. What makes you think I'm human? (laughs) Winesmithwines.com, the great Clark Smith from Winesmith Wines.